Ooh, I think it's time. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Amy Scott. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Kai and Kimberly are off today, but joining me is Marketplace's Matt Levin. So good to talk to you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's great to be here for Economics on Tap. And thanks to everyone uh, joining us on the slightly terrifying YouTube live stream and on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, nice to see you all again. Uh, Yes. So we're going to do some news. We're going to have some drinks and do a game. Uh, So Matt, what are you drinking today? Uh, So uh, I'm a gin guy. Um, and I have a gin on the rocks here. I don't do tonic, um, but I'm actually going to promo my favorite gin right here. Give me one sec. Okay. This is Uncle Val's uh, Botanical Gin, which is a batch distillery in Oregon for the gin heads among you in the live stream, which I don't, probably not many, but very, very good American gin. Uh, what are you drinking, Amy? I'm drinking a very good American beer, Fat Tire, an old classic. Oh, nice. As regular listeners know, I'm a Coloradan, uh, displaced in Baltimore, but always a Coloradan, <laughs> so I'm having a good old amber. <laughs> Someone says, gin, Kimberly calls that the devil. I had no idea. <laughs> she I does like call gin. that What's the, the thing devil? about gin? Why would that be the devil? Kimberly has some story about this that uh, she's never at least divulged to me. Maybe she's divulged it on the podcast. Yeah, right. (laughs) You have to listen. That's right. I was going to make myself an old-fashioned, but today was a day. I don't know if anyone heard Marketplace, but I had a spot on, and and then I had to do a version of it for the morning show. So no time to make myself an excellent cocktail. That will have to come later. The irony there is after you do a spot for the afternoon show and another one for the morning show, you could definitely use a cocktail. Exactly. It's a long, long day. Just when it's most needed. Yeah. I got to teach my kid how to make an old fashioned and then then we're in business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Should we do some? Yeah, let's do some news. Why don't you go first? Um, Okay. Uh, I have been obsessed, as I think a lot of people have, with uh, artificial intelligence lately and ChatGPT in particular. Um, For those that haven't played with it, um, which I don't know many people who haven't yet, but if you haven't, you should. It's a a generalized artificial intelligence chatbot. You can literally ask it just about anything, and it'll produce in very, very quick order some pretty amazing results. So you could ask it to uh, write a poem about the inverted yield curve, right? Which is what I did. And, uh, it did it in seconds. You could ask it to do it in the style of Shakespeare and it did, does that in seconds. Um, so, uh, I have to jump in here and say that was not a very good poem. <laughs> the inverted yield poem. You didn't like that. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of it, but like what a terrible, it's just not a poetic thing, Matt. Anyway. What? Well, maybe uh, maybe you're more of a natural poet than I am. I was very impressed. <laughs> um, anyway, the news fix here, and I'll keep this quick. Um, Google is freaked out. Google is freaked out by ChatGPT because you can ask it questions that you normally would do with Google search engine. And as opposed to Google search, 
there's just kind of one answer. And it's nice and clean and explains it in very kind of concise language. Um, So the news today is that uh, Google has called in their founders, uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. This is from the New York Times, who had the exclusive. They've been doing a lot of reporting on how Google is reacting to this. Um, And basically, they've called them in to evaluate, okay, how are we going to respond to chat GPT? Because they're viewing this as probably the most significant threat they faced since the iPhone came out. And if you remember back then, Google was worried oh, how is search going to work on mobile? They conquered that. Um, But this is, you know, Google right now, by some estimates, is over 90% of the search market. This is the scariest thing I think they've faced in quite some time. And then to add another wrinkle to this, Microsoft, who is an investor in the company that owns ChatGPT, has said that they are going to incorporate ChatGPT technology into the Microsoft Office suite of products um, and in Bing, their search engine. So imagine you bring up Microsoft Word and you know that moment where you're like terrified, where you you see that blank screen and you get all that anxiety. Um, Imagine that doesn't (laughs) exist anymore. You just ask ChatGPT, hey, write me this essay about, you know, the French Revolution or something if you're in college or high school. So... Um, yeah, that's my it's news fix for today. It's happening. It really yeah. is. Well, th- that is so interesting to bring in the founders. I mean, do we know what they said? Do we know? Yeah. Do they have any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> so the New York Times story wasn't super specific, um, on what they said, but I can read a little bit from it, um, that they've approved plans and pitched ideas to put more chatbot features into Google's search engine. Um, and they offered advice to company leaders who have put AI front and center in their plans, which is an interesting, I don't know if that kind of segues into your news fix. Um, well, yeah, all, I was going to say, I mean, after I saw you were going to talk about that, uh, I did see an article in Bloomberg saying that among the 12,000 layoffs Google announced today, um, includes some in the, in the AI division. Uh, so I'm curious what that's going to mean for this this fight. Um, obviously, they're still investing in AI, but that's the department that you would think would be innovating and, and trying to catch up. Um, yeah. But I think the larger story I wanted to talk about is just these tech layoffs. I mean, 12,000 at Google, 10,000 at Microsoft, Amazon pl- plans to lay off 18,000 corporate employees. Um, I mean, this is like, what, three weeks into the year, not even. And We've seen thousands and thousands of these announcements or layoffs in these announcements. Um, And it's not just tech. Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, Wayfair. I saw so many journalists at Vox talking about losing their jobs today. So it's it's scary. And I think one thing that's going to be really um, interesting to see is when we start seeing this show up in the official unemployment numbers, which so far have been good. I mean... The unemployment rate is three and a half percent. Jobs were still being added in December. So we're we're gonna get the next report, you know, in, in a couple of weeks here. And uh, you know, I for one am gonna be wondering if we're gonna start seeing some bad news. Yeah. I feel like we've been waiting for that for maybe three three or four months at this point, because you hear these layoffs, which basically started maybe, you know, second half of last year, even earlier a little bit in tech. And you don't, yep. the unemployment numbers overall still seem 
super, super strong, which overall is great news, not so much for um, maybe what Jay Powell is trying to do to tame inflation. Yeah. But then when you see uh, these other areas of the economy, you know, uh, Wayfair, for example, furniture, obviously that was so big during the pandemic when folks were at home and improving their houses. And, you know, I I wonder if you're starting to see uh, it spread out a little more. So something to watch. Yeah, something to watch. I also wonder what's going to happen with, uh, like, San Francisco and Seattle. I, I realize a lot of these tech workers are all over the country, but um, it'll be interesting to walk, watch what happens with those real estate markets, too. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Maybe I can finally afford it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Shall we play a game? Yeah, should we play a game? All right, we're going to play Half Full, Half Empty, which, as you know, is a game where our very own Drew Jostad gives us news topics, and we may or may not know about them and have something to say about them. So, (laughs) Drew, hit us. Are you half full or half empty on using 3D printing technology to build concrete walls for homes? I I defer to you, Amy. you. Thank you for this one. That's my area. And Matt's, too. Matt covered housing for a long time and still does for us. Um, I'm definitely half full. I think anything we can do to make building homes more affordable, more efficient, is fantastic. Um, And I've seen some of these, you know, machines in action. They can make some pretty cool-looking stuff. Although I do have to say, and I think, Matt, you and I talked about this, sometimes they're using, like, concrete (laughs) to build these homes, which is terrible for the environment and for climate change. So uh, I hope we can see some more um, eco-friendly home printing. But by and large, I'm in favor. Yeah, I I would say half full as well with the obvious caveat. Yeah, concrete is one of, like, the worst things in the world for the earth. Um, they've also, I, I feel like, you know, they've been trying to do modular, um, housing and apartment buildings, especially here in California for, for quite some time. And it seems like it is finally getting some traction because it is much, much, much cheaper to build than the conventional way. Maybe 3d printing will be, I would assume much, much cheaper to build than the conventional way as well. And these printers are so huge it's it's just crazy to see i mean it takes like a a whole warehouse to house the printer that prints the walls or the you know the have, have you seen one of these of in these person modular houses. only on only on video yeah i'd really like to uh tour a facility that's it that's all, all right. we got on yeah 3d houses <laughs> all right NBA teams are averaging the most points since the 1969 to 1970 season. Are you half full or half empty on the points explosion? Um, Uh, I'd like to phone a friend. (laughs) 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 My nephew in particular. (laughs) Oh, nice. Go ahead, Matt. This is all Uh, you. Sure. So I am an NBA fan. Um, uh, I am half empty. And and here is why. The NBA has somewhat devolved into a three-point shooting contest because of analytics. You know, what the players refer to as all these nerds came in and figured out three points is worth more than two points. Um, it's math. Um, and the game is a little more boring to watch. Um, 
And actually, I believe NBA attendance isn't actually doing that great. The ratings are still great. Um, but for me personally, it's uh, it's less fun to watch a game when they're just jacking three-point shots all the time. So, wow, sports talk. Uh, what, what you that got, That totally Amy? makes sense. Uh, you know, I watch soccer, and that's pretty much it. Um, I would say I am... Uh, I'm going to abstain. But I can imagine it being a little bit less interesting. But yeah. isn't that interesting? The nerds are always coming in with this data and messing stuff up. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it kind of spoils the fun. There was a really good Derek Thompson piece, um, who's a writer for The Atlantic. He also has a mm, podcast mm-hmm. about how analytics and just kind of the data supported optimization of everything is ruining the fun and he talked about sports but then also entertainment like what shows get um you know uh, piloted um all the you know the a billion star wars shows make money that's somewhat supported by the analytics right um it's a super interesting story shows yeah yeah cool um someone on the uh oh oh, go go ahead ahead. sorry no 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 no, no. i wasn't moving on but you finish what you're saying yeah move on yeah move on let's circle back to a topic we discussed last week cnet announced their pausing publication of stories generated using artificial intelligence are you half full (laughs) or half empty Yeah, Matt, when you talked about the blank page, I, I said that exact word last or words last week when we talked about CNET publishing articles that were written by, I guess, this, uh, remind me the name of it. Uh, Chat GPT. Chatbot GP, well, Chat GPT. Well, we don't know for yet. sure, like, what algorithm Oh, okay, CNET we don't know which one. Oh, but okay. they were, I think it's, yeah, a, so it's a real editor. Tool. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the story was that it would be generated by a chat bot and edited by a real person. Um, And we talked about, I was pretty half empty on that one, but I would say half full on pausing it. I mean, honestly, I think, I don't know if Matt, if you've done this, it would be fun to do a story and see what it's, how it works out. A story on, you know, rents, (laughs) a story on new home sales. Uh, But I would certainly want to disclose it to listeners. Yeah, um, I am also half full on the on the pause, uh, mostly for self preservation reasons. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, there actually, there's been a lot of um, a lot of stories came out in the wake of ChatGPT, where you know you read the full story and then at the end, like the twist kicker is, and this was all written by ChatGPT, or ninety percent of this was written by ChatGPT. So. I think it's important to keep in mind, like, the AI is going to get better. And, yes, it's making these errors right now, um, and maybe it'll continue to have this problem, but they're working on it, and it's getting better. So, so yeah, but uh, the... half full on the pause. All right. Yeah. I got one more if we want to get the poll going. Oh, Yeah. Yes. So for those of you on the YouTube live stream, uh, we're going to take a little poll on this next topic. So don't forget to weigh in with your answers and and we'll have some results after we talk about it. Okay. So Mountain Dew is turning Baja Blast Soda into a hot sauce 
Are you half full or half empty? <laughs> um, what does Baja Blast taste like? I know, Drew. Have you had it? I haven't had it. The soda? Yeah. No. Well, so I'm <laughs> very pro I hot, I hot sauce. Hot sauce either. I am all the way full on hot sauce. But without knowing what this stuff tastes like, ah, it's hard to, to weigh in on that. Generally, I'm not much of a soda fan. I call it pop because I grew up in Colorado. Um, so pop-flavored hot sauce. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I can't I'm... wait to see the poll results. <laughs> I think you should have to decide first. You shouldn't. You shouldn't allow people to sway you. Oh uh, well, I'm. I'm oh, did half I not full. say I'm half empty? Oh, okay. I yeah. I, even if you didn't say, it, I think full. the sentiment. I'm half full. I like it when these uh, these beverage and fast food companies come up with these insane things. Even if it is sometimes just for publicity, um, I'm I'm for it, and I would try it and uh, probably regret it pretty quickly. Um, but but try to keep an open mind, I suppose. I mean, it's hard to beat the classics. I I mean, Tabasco, Cholula. What more could you? I, there isn't a lot of room for improvement on hot sauce, in my opinion. But I would certainly try it. Um. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it would be more the novelty for me. Also, I would love the look on people's faces if I brought out my own Mountain Dew hot sauce in a restaurant or something. That, that sounds pretty fun. <laughs> I have been known to carry a small bottle in my purse. Um, so now we're going to see if we can find see the results. Okay, is, are we ready to check in on the results? Has enough time I, passed? I I think so. So all oh. right, <laughs> go for it, Matt. So, so it looks like I'm in the minority here. So Mountain Dew hot sauce, half empty, 85%. Pretty overwhelming. Um, half full, 14%. Um, well, I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and Antonio weighed in here to tell us that the Baja Blast <laughs> brand has since expanded to include merchandise, such as flavored lip balm, room sprays and halloween costumes have i been living under a rock i didn't even know, know that baja blast existed thank you for I, that extra context antonio y- yes thank you antonio when's the last time you had mountain dew amy well i'm embarrassed to say because it makes me sound like out of well okay i've just said how out of touch i am i mean probably not since i was a kid yeah i just i don't really do sugary drinks um, and I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, it didn't sound like you were trying to brag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't had it in like probably at least 10 years or so. It's been a while. But I did like it. I did like it when I was a kid. Me too. Um, but I'm going to definitely try Baja Blast and maybe see if I, if my local giant has the, the hot sauce. It's probably going to take maybe. a while to reach us here in Baltimore. <laughs> Maybe I'll go for the room spray. That sounds... (laughs) (laughs) What is that even? Oh, good timing, Drew. Oh, my goodness. We are done for today. I'll be back next week, if you'll have me, with Kai. Uh, If you've got a question you'd like to 
like us to answer for What Do You Want to Know Wednesday about business, tech, the economy, soda pop, send us what you got. Someone in the live stream suggested Tabasco flavored flavored soda and make it marketplace. Now that's I drink that. the way to go. That's that's a great idea. Uh, you can leave a voicemail for us at 508-UB-SMART or email smart at marketplace.org. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Drew Jostad, who also wrote the theme music to have full, half empty, in addition to stumping us with the, the questions. Antonio Barreras is our intern. The team behind our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg, Emily McCune, and Antoinette, Antoinette, Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our acting senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. A little slow there. Sorry about that. Hooray. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>